Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. I'm joined by some of the guys, and we're going to discuss Huddersfield away, batter Bosseroff away, the Guna debate, the prediction league, Johnny and Trev's romantic weekend away for Valentine's. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Good evening, guys. Um, we're back. Um, been back on uh, episode 64. Uh, we are deciding whether we call this one Flogging Molly, and it will become apparent why, um, and are the embracing uh, the embraceable use. I think we'll stick with Flogging Molly, episode 64. I'm joined today by, uh, um, by Big Steve. Hello. Uh, how we doing? Yeah, good man. Good to be back again. Yeah, as always. And you, you were rushing back. You were out with friends and stuff like that. So you just, you literally got in front of your microphone about two or three <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So. Just sort of plugged everything in, and and here we are. Okay, and we got Bob Marley. Sorry, Manny, Manny on the. <laughs> <laughs> you you finished you, fin- you finish rolling your spliff. <laughs> yes, I finished rolling it. Like, so I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a good little time. Like when when we come off here, you know what I mean. We're gonna relax. It's been yeah, a, every a little thing day. gonna be all right. <laughs> exactly, man. Let's carry on with that theme, like because <laughs> we 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 we're aiming at people on this podcast. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and we have woken somebody up very very early, but he's in 28 degrees Melbourne. Max, welcome back. G'day, mate. How are you? I thought I'd drop uh, a g'day just for you. Even though yeah, I never, g'day, even, Bruce. Even though I never said it in my entire life, I thought I'd drop one just for you, Fergus. So, yeah, g'day. g'day. <laughs> so, I hear, I hear um, you've been out, well, not really dancing on the tiles, but dancing in the bathtub last night. I did, mate. I've fallen over and I've done quite a, a serious amount of damage to my ass falling over in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I wasn't dear. I wasn't by myself, so therefore it kind of makes it better because also my wife fell over at the same time while we were having How's a, her ass? Well it's gen- <laughs> it's just generally very, very good, hence the bath together, but <laughs> we we both managed to conspire to fall over and break a couple of wine glasses and then decided we were too pissed and we should go to bed. So I remember those days. Yeah. Comedic gold. Bath baths <laughs> together. There's not a bath big enough now. <laughs> oh wow. Well, that's for me, anyway. So. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, all right then. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, on the subject of people's asses and, and couples and stuff like that, we will we will touch on. Um, <laughs> don't know whose ass. Uh, no, no, no. Well, we don't know who's going to be touching on whose ass. Started wonderfully. <laughs> Jesus. Well, well, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, and you know, there's two of our very very special. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty out there up the ass. <laughs> 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 there's there's two of our uh, uh, Johnny from the North Bank and Oman Trev have gone for a romantic break in Minsk and uh, we 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 had some pictures come through after we were out for in a posh restaurant for dinner you know and Johnny was chucking the eyes at, at Trev oh my yeah oh my at bedroom eyes bro see now I can now I see why Johnny his you know his dating life is going so well those eyes are deadly bro he doesn't need <laughs> Tinder anymore though does he. I guess not, you know, because he scored tonight. Yep, he did he score tonight. And apparent, apparently, Trev has been flogging Molly all morning. <laughs> <laughs> to the Americans, you know exactly what we're talking about. 
<laughs> no, actually, Flog and Molly are an Irish um, punk folk group, uh, and uh, we we had a discussion about it on our chat group, and uh, we're talking about different Irish music and so on, and different just different musical bands and Irish bands. And Manny was saying nothing good came out of Ireland, and uh, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, you said something along that lines. What did no, you say I exactly? I, no, I don't think Manny did actually. I think Manny was Manny mentioned a couple, and then you see said, how like, he puts words in my yeah. mouth. You see how yes, you put words in my mouth? Hope it's just words. <laughs> you know, really, he tries to, you always try to make me look bad. But I'll tell you this, though. The one person who who came oh badly out of this <laughs> was you, Steve. Wait, I said it so tongue-in-cheek and nobody got said it. Said what? I mentioned Jedward when we were talking about... But it took, in my opinion, it took a downward spiral when, when we mentioned Boyzone and Westlife. And I know they were no, a bit successful. No, Boyzone and Westlife like, have been successful. Yeah, but then I was like, oh, and there's also Jedward... And and, um, and boy, Boyzone also have Ronan Keating. Yeah. I rest my case. Oh, here we go. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, who was it that mentioned the Cranberries? Was that me or was that was that Manny? No, I uh, mentioned Enyo. Enyo, yeah, Enyo, yeah, yeah. Enyo. Or, or an Oka Flow. Or an Oka yeah. Flow. And the cores. Okay. And they are core. Okay. Right. Now we've turned into a, a, a musical podcast. Musical pod- <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, on a slightly um, more serious note, uh, Crystal Palace, as you, as we mentioned before, they have opened their stadium uh, for the homeless people when the tem- temperature below drops below zero, which I think is really good. Oh, nice. And it would be really, really, really good if other clubs done something well, similar. I know. I know. Um, the FA have opened theirs for uh, for Spurs tonight, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> well like done. Well I done. Like I like that, that one. And another good thing, uh, you know, because people talk about the greed in football and talk about, um, you know, that footballers don't give a fuck about anything and, then, and, and they're out to just look after themselves. Vincent Company, I actually like the guy. I think he's a class guy. He's given his annual salary uh, to a homeless charity as well. So two really good gestures. And wait, wait, shows. wait. There's one more. Go on. There's one more. The, um, the dynamo that is Killian... Bappe gave twenty-seven grand to the search for um, Dave Abbotson. Uh, you know the pilot in the Emiliano oh, Sala. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because so he, he matched it, he matched the money he gave to find Emilio Sala, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah, that's, tw- that, is, that is yeah. class. It is class. And for a young kid as well. You know? Yeah, I mean, I had to slap down somebody because it was like, oh, why didn't you just give the whole three hundred and fifty grand? You anyway. Fuck yeah. Off. Just be yeah, but idiot. That, that, well, that's vulgarity, isn't it? And he's just trying to make a gesture, and, and 27 grand is a huge gesture, isn't it? Mm. It is, man, you know. I definitely couldn't, you know. So <laughs> yeah. he didn't have to, you know I mean? He didn't have to. I mean, he lives all the way in, in, in Paris or wherever else he lives, but the fact that he wanted to do it out of, you know, the kindness of his heart says a lot. I mean, didn't he give his winnings from the World Cup to charity as well? So, mm. you know. Like we've mentioned has, before. Has he, has he got any links to, to Nantes Mbappe? Nope. Nope. No. So do just purely like just a yeah, real heartfelt gesture. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. And how he's twenty now, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty now. Yeah, mm. man, that's that's crazy. Mm. Maybe maybe he knew the the pilot from maybe he flew him before or something like that. Who knows? But uh, that's mm. all. You know, you never know. Um, I don't know if you guys managed to get to see the game at the weekend against Huddersfield. I know Trev and Mike, Scotty Mike, was going to be joining us tonight, but his internet. Hence why I moved back to Sky. His virgin internet um, crashed again, and uh, he he dropped out at the very last second. Hence why Steve is here, and and Hello. nobly jumped in and, and helped us out. But I don't know if any of you guys saw, saw the game. It was like 3 p.m. 10th of February, John Smith Stadium. Mike and Trev were there. 
head-to-head facts. Uh, Arsenal have won all three, now four, uh, Premier League meetings, scoring um, at the beginning of the game, seven goals without conceding. Huddersfield's last win over Arsenal was back in the fantastic year of 1971 um, when they won 2-1 at the old Leeds Road ground. This fixture last season, Arsenal won 1-0. It was Arsenal Wenger's 1,235th game, his final game as the Arsenal manager and a day that Manny celebrated up and down Lee Bridge Road. <laughs> You're not wrong. I know, I know, I know, I know. Lineups: Mickey started, Aubameyang uh, was a late call and he was injured. Ozil cried off uh, Saturday, um, Saturday at, at Huddersfield through illness again. And he has now only started 13 of the 26 league games uh, this season. Arsenal arrived in West Yorkshire uh, in a very different period of form with three defeats in their seven during 2019, underlying a long-standing defensive issues. Yet again, we get a winger. Um, however, bottom club Huddersfield, with one home win all season, um, were the perfect opponents for Arsenal uh, to get us back on our track. Did we go back, get back on track, boys? What did you make of the lineups? first of all? Who wants to go first? Max? Uh, look, I think it ends up being necessity more than, than desire for Emery at this point. Really, it's what we've got what we've got available. If we weren't already decimated by injury, now we get decimated by illness, which no doubt Ozil contracted and gave to everyone else. So, <laughs> boy in the bubble indeed. What? Um, oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, I, look, I. it was a really difficult game to kind of wrap your head around and it was a, a difficult game to watch. Did we get back on track? Look, in some ways it was the performance that we needed it, against a Huddersfield with a new manager. We know what happens when new managers come into teams. All of a sudden people get a little pop, a little bit of a push and they... You know, this time of year, you're starting to look at people who need points and sometimes games against those bottom six clubs are going to be really difficult. So at the end of the day, three points is three points. Onwards and upwards, we push on. We'll look at at the games in slightly more detail, uh, just more. um, What did you make of the the lineups, Manny? Um, I was all right with it. Um, Steve, still missing about back there. Um... I was happy Vaseline. with it. Oh my god! Whew. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, I was happy with it. Um, I was happy to see uh, Maitland Niles back in there. You know, over fifty pence head. Um, I was happy with um, you know Guendouzi and, and Torreira in there. I thought they were brilliant against City. Um, Mustafi, mm, we all know how I feel about that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. to, to be honest, it was it was the lineup that I, I sort of expected. Um, I was happy with and I fully expected us to, to get three points but we just make it hard for ourselves every single Always. time but Steve yeah, anything to add on that um no, yeah I mean basically I mean Max and Manny covered it I think I think yeah three points is three points these sort of games at this sort of time of the year are always going to be a little bit tough they're always you know the bottom six are always fighting it out and going to make it difficult but, but then we made it difficult for ourselves like mm. you know yes we got the win um but I just for for a team that I I mean you know yeah they got an own goal, but for a team that haven't scored for so long, 
they we made it look so easy, like we well, made them look so let's much look, better. Let's let's look at the game. So uh, the first half, Alex and Wobie's strike deflected into the bottom corner for uh, off their defender uh, Congolo. Uh, we didn't look like we we're going to like drop any points. Lacazette had a tidy finish from Maitland's mm. Niles cross to ensure uh, a good lead ahead of half time. We win it went in at half time two nil. Um, in the second half, as much. Uh, it's much less eventful than the first half, and from, especially from an Arsenal perspective. Huddersfield gave us a game. They made it hard, and they did try and score. And Wobie and Lacazette squandered some chances to seal uh, to seal the game. Um, and Adam, oh, what's his name? Anybody? Uh, Diacarbi. Diacarbi, yeah. And uh, Deporte both came very close for um, Deporte, I think it is, uh, for Huddersfield. Um, Kalasniak own goal I'll have to be honest I'll just finish this sentence Kalasniak's own goal was their first goal in 597 minutes of football but thankfully it wasn't enough to take away the points from Arsenal final score finished 2-1 um, the first half of this game I, I, I have made notes from reading and watching some some extracts of the game and stuff like that the first half of the game I was sorting some stuff out for my mum's uh, funeral and stuff and then in the second half it was that shit I was sitting in front of my PC. I fell asleep. It was dreadful. Do you know how many people... It's the most amount of tweets, social media things I've seen in a long time of Arsenal fans saying that they either switched off, started watching something else. You know, I take notes on games when I watch them for the podcast that we do. I ended up with maybe three, four notes on the second half. It was so unengaging Mm. a game to keep watching. And it's, it's really strange for us as... Arsenal fans, I think generally we're a really engaged group of people who really watch the game and dissect it. And to have so many of us just at a point where we were like, I'm done with this shit subconsciously, I think it, it shows how much of a uninspired performance it was. Max, do you think it's down to the performance in that game? Because we're going to look ahead to the, the uh, Bato Basarov game as well. Is it down to that or is it down to a pretty lacklustre transfer window? Um, a pretty unsupported manager at the minute. Uh, we've got problems and issues with uh, Ozil. We've got, we've got a mismatched squad. This, all what that, I, look, what do you I think, think it's general it, apathy or do you think it was that game? Look, what I think it is generally, Fergus, is I think the fan base kind of knows what's going to happen now. You know, there's nothing interesting coming. There's nothing coming off the bench. We can't change games that much. We can't influence games that much. We've got to this point in the season and we've reached a period of grind now where we know what we have to do for the rest of the season. We know stylistically we're probably not going to play the type of football that we wanted to play because so many reasons, you know, the decimation of injury and all that. And I think it's just a general apathy now in the in the fan base that we're kind of looking to... We're looking so much towards the future now and what we need to get into the club and what we need to get out of the club that the present is actually becoming quite a grind to exist within. Mm, it's just like sort of going through the motions at the moment. It's it's quite tedious, to be honest. But we're the only, we're the only um, side without an away clean sheet in the Premier League this season so far. So that's that's pretty pretty dire considering where mm. we are in the league. Um Trying to add some yin to the yang, Arsenal have won their fifth away Premier League game of this season, one more than they managed to win on the road all of last season. And also a second yin to the yang is Alex Warby was in hand 
uh, with 10 goals in all competitions for Arsenal this season. Four goals, six assists. The best return for him in a single campaign for the Gunners. Bearing in mind, he doesn't get that many run-outs and he's under so much criticism. Best boo him off then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you know. Um, I'm really... Um, me and, and the Arsenal fan base are not, you know, as one at the moment because it's, you know, the, the abuse that Iwobi gets and I don't understand why. You know, I'm I'm trying my hardest I, to, I can, to understand I can see, why that I is. I can see why people criticise him, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why people abuse him. I don't understand it either. You know, I can understand people's frustrations because their frustrations are the same that I show when it comes to Robi as well. You know, his when he gets in those positions, you know, like he had a chance against mm-hmm. Huddersfield and he fluffed it. When he gets in those positions, he just he loses it a little bit. But what I don't understand is you have a player who was really dwindling, you know, the last couple of years. He has shown some significant improvement in my eyes. Mm. You know, he's trimmed down. You know, there's facets of his game that I didn't even know he had, or maybe I wasn't paying attention. But it, it comes, you know, when his name is shown in the in the starting eleven, people already have a go. You know, if you see some of the comments on his Instagram and on his Twitter, it is shocking, and I wonder why. Arsenal fans are going after a, a a kid who has been at the club since he was been what eight years old. Mm. He's one of us, you know. If mate, you really mate, look at it, he's one of us. The same, the same shit at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, As, and I don't understand it. I, I don't, don't understand why we would attack two players that are our own. You know, they come from our academy. They've been at the club for a considerable amount of years. Yeah, they're getting the most abuse, and I don't understand it. I don't understand what's going how, on with how this many fan base. Pl- how many players would have gone through the academy that haven't even got to the level that they've got? I know we've got uh, a few players on loan. Um, uh, uh, who's the guy at Hoffenheim? Uh, who's Nelson? Nelson. Yeah, he came on yesterday, and you know he's involved in a, in a, I think it was a six goal thriller out at. at, at uh, Hoffenheim, he he's having some influence by getting some game time out there. The the, the players here are getting some game time, um, but not many of them are breaking into the first team. And it will be. And Maitland Niles is desperately trying to break into the first team. Uh, <laughs> I find it will be extremely, extremely um, frustrating. Frustrating. Mm-hmm. frustrating. Uh, I think he has got huge potential in pace, uh, and I know. Uh, Max, you had an opinion on this, but just let me finish this, and then I'll, uh, if you come in, that would be brilliant. Um, the uh, I think he's got great pace. He can run at players. He really, really, you know, frightens defence. But then he gets in front to goal. How many times did he kick it straight into a defender, straight into the keeper's arms, and then just fly out in the penalty it's, area? It's the little uh, step uh, over he tries every I, fucking time that annoys mm-hmm. me. Hang on, let, let Max come in, because Max, Max had something on there, and then you can come in, Steve. Well, I've got a theory on the whole... I've got a bit of a theory running at the moment on the fan base and why the fan base is acting the way that they are. And I think it's an issue of self for Arsenal fans. And that issue of self at the moment is that they don't really understand what they are or where we're at at a club right now. And what we're doing is we're projecting our frustrations as a club directly onto players and making them what we want them to be instead of accepting them for what they are. In the past, we would have had amazing players. In the past, we've had guys who would break into any 11 in the Premiership. Right now, we've got a team where we're lucky if we've got, when we play against top four, top five opposition, one player who would get into a best 11. 
right and now. even some even some of our bench players max wouldn't even get into no uh, absolutely a, a top it was championship a, it was a league, it was a league cup bench it was an old mm. Arsene Wenger mm. League Cup mm. bench, and I think what the fan base is doing is because they're uncomfortable with where we are right now as a club, they're projecting that frustration onto people and saying they're not good enough. Maybe he's not good enough, but he's what we've got right now, and he's trying his ass off, and he's working his whole off, and he's making things happen, and he's in the transition. But it's this question of self with the Arsenal fans at the moment where... I, th- I think a lot of the fan base still thinks that we're a top-two club. We're not a top-two club anymore. We're a fourth, fifth, sixth club. That's where we are. That's the standard of player that we've got. And that's why, because of that standard of player we've got, why we're in the position we're in. So this projection issue just runs on and on and on with the fan base. And it's getting vile. Steve, you were going to say something? Yeah, I, you know, just sort of following on from what you were saying, like, you know, he does try, he does run at the fences. But yeah, once he's in that final third or once he's in front of goal or in the box, it just it just falls apart. And as I say, that... that he, he tries his step over. We watch any game that he's played in. He does it at least once a game where he'll sort of stand in front of the defender. You've got players, you know, when players are actually moving around him. And he'll just try a step over and then he'll either lose the ball or the pass will be absolutely atrocious. And and what he reminds me of in a sense when it, turn, it comes to sort of shooting in front of goal is almost like how Danny Welbeck was a couple of years ago is you know the fact that he'll he'll play on the flank he'll he'll run run at defenders he'll cause countless issues for de- for for opposition but then in front of goal he's he's useless but then in the last couple of seasons i feel that Danny Welbeck got slightly stronger in that area but worse in the sort of all all round game I, but i i can see sort of a Wobi being that sort of player for us like i don't think he'll be a top top player but i i think if we if we do get rid, then we've not got that sort of real workhorse sort of you know wide player, and I think I, I think I he's key. I don't know if you get rid of him. What would we get from probably ten or fifteen million? million? Yeah, not a lot. He's and twenty-two. He's twenty-two to... years old. You know, he's he, players develop at different times. Yeah. You know, maybe Awobi's going to develop at twenty-five. He's twenty-two. I just keep pushing this over and over again. Right, we've we've been led to believe that he's a first team player because of how much football he's had. It's just the nature of the club and where the club is that's mm. led to this. I, I think as well, one of the, probably one of the issues that I think we did have is, I mean, we let Nabry go well early. I think if if a Wobi was playing three four years ago, when you know when we were trying to sort of get these quality players in. I think I think Awobi would have been shipped out, but I think when we realised that actually the money's not going to be there, and we are struggling to attract the big players, I think that's why that's why maybe Awobi is sort of a key figure because, as you say, you know we're not the club that we were. Honey, maybe not. I mean, listen. Once upon a time, players like the Awobis and the Maitland Nows will be revered because they would be seen as you know they are one of us. We made these players, but now we are in. We're in, a, in the, we're in an era where we have investors as opposed to supporters. And by what I mean is, you know, these investors, they come and they just expect, you know, that the club mm. should be doing this and should be doing that. And it's most likely these They're investors. Not investors. They're not no, no, investors. How no. are they? People like me, like Johnny, like Trev, uh, and you're like, missing you guys, like, like you No, no, let me just clarify where I mean. Um, like, like you guys as well. You're investors because you invest your, your time, your effort, your your passion in it these people you're talking about are just 
I don't know, Johnny come lately, fucking, they wanted, you know, on-demand on success. It doesn't happen. No, I don't see, you know, fans like you and then Johnny and Trev and everybody else that goes to games. I do not see you guys as investors. You're actually, you are actual supporters. You go to games, you try to go to away games, you, you're there. You know what I mean? You're part of what makes Arsenal Arsenal. These people that I call investors are 90% of the time they're on social media and they comment on things that they have no idea about. 90% of the time they go onto Mate Lanaz's Instagram page and send him abuse. So they're not what I call supporters. They're not there through thick and thin. They're just there because they've come through at the back end of, you know, our most successful era and they just think that, you know what, we should be there. But so instead of supporting these guys and instead of being, you know, their rock and instead of, you know, really making them feel welcome and making them feel like that they are Arsenal boys we're abusing them so to be honest with you to these people who are investors and to those social media people they can just fuck off because they do not speak on what makes Arsenal Arsenal it's a disgrace what they're doing if you're going to be a supporter of this club support the club support the players if you're not if you're just going to abuse players online fuck off you're parasites preach not not investors parasites you got the word right at the end Okay, okay. You know what I would. You know what I was going with it. I, 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 I think you mean I, invest I in know, their time rather than obviously financial and efforts. Yeah, but I, I invest means you actually yeah, yeah. want to input and 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 help something to grow. They don't. They just want. They're, they're leeches. They're just on demand. On demand. What's it in for me? What's it in for me? They don't give a fuck about. Uh, you know, back in the eighties. Okay. Trev, if he was here, he could tell you about it. I, I, I wasn't that involved with the football in the eighties, but the eighties we were dire. You know, you know, we had up and down times in the nineties, and then we grew, and we end up being Man United and uh, and Arsenal were battling it out for year after year of winning the league and so on. Now at the moment, it seems that it's like City and Liverpool's time. Tottenham have, you know, unfortunately gone slightly ahead of us, and even with. Uh, them with only having really 11 or 12 players you know but they seem to have gelled as a group and Mm. i don't know it's a spoiled fan base that has never seen a low period that's what we are right now it's just a it's just a spoiled child at the moment they've Mm. never seen us go they've never seen us bad they've never seen us uninspired you know and like i said it's just this this need to this need for the arsenal fan base to start to view the club in reality not in fantasy you know what as you guys know I've had a, a difficult uh, month or two with, with stuff that was going on uh, personally but the relief of doing this chatting to you guys um, less so actually the Facebook the Twitter and that sort of stuff I, do, I, I actually you'll have noticed I've been off it quite a lot I put some content up because that's what my job is but um the going to the games, meeting with Trev and Johnny and some of the other guys, Mark and that, um, chatting to you guys, it's it's such a relief and it's such a joy mm. and it's all because it's Arsenal Football Club, you know, and that's what I like doing. It's my it's it's my passion um, as a as a pastime, and it, these people don't understand if they don't feel that about Arsenal Football Club, they really need to check themselves out. Mm. Preach. Results-based fans. Man of the match. Yeah. Mm. Man of the match? Koscielny. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd say Koscielny. Koscielny played out of his skin. I had yeah. I had Koscielny stroke a Wolby written down. 
I think Awobi's second half let him down. But the, Awobi, every, every, Awobi was everybody in the second there. half let themselves yeah. down. Awobi was actually up there. Hmm. Definitely. But Koscielny again. Special mention to Mikatarian as well, who was uh, okay. Yeah, very close for me to man of the match for Mikatarian. His transition and his tempo were one of the only things that really got us driving. He was really good in, in small spaces as well. I, I loved his performance. Was he I've, playing the number 10 role? He was uh, playing no, he very was just, central. He was, yeah. he was very central, very floaty. The, the Awobi kind of at least stuck to one area, but Mikatarian really floated inside, and he dropped off deep as well. The amount of time he was the guy picking up the ball in tight spaces and doing that almost Kazola, you know, two-footed, quick little turns, get off, get us out of trouble, smashing. Sight of him coming back to his best when he was yeah. with um, with Dortmund. with uh, was it Dortmund and and Aubameyang? Yeah, I, I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? That I, th- I think really we missed Mikatarian when he's been out. Just, you know, I know he wasn't wasn't in the best of form at the beginning of the season. But just just that movement and having having that sort of option to sort of flow inside, but also having that bit of extra pace to sort of run at defenders on the outside. I, I think really we miss that creativity in the in the sort of shit patch after the after the unbeaten run. I think. Well, yeah. uh, the un- unbeaten runners. Right, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean that the, that shit patch afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I, I think I think what we needed was uh, an alternative to Ozil to challenge Ramsey into doing yes. his role. And I think that's the good thing about having Mkhitaryan, having options. And we don't mm-hmm. seem to have enough options around. Looking at the stats on the game, possession figures was 55-45, so it was quite equal. Uh, shots, uh, 15 versus 9, and that's 15 shots to um, Huddersfield uh, over our 9. Uh, shots on target, we had 4 on target, they had 6. Corners, they had 5, we had 0. Fouls, they had 17, we had 12. Emery said we've played 26 games and there's uh, only one point between Manchester United and us. Uh, if we ask, is it easy or difficult for us? Then yes, I think it is difficult, but we can. We are on our way. On our way where, people? Where are we on our way to? I think Trust the process, bro. Trust the process. We're four points better off. Than we were last season. Yes, defensively we're shocking, you know, but we're scoring goals. And there's some people out there who say that you know Emery doesn't like attacking. Yet we've got the fourth, you know, highest um, scoring chart thingies. You know, we're mm. fourth on that list. Um, I think second so, on away goals as well. No God, listen. But trust the you know trust the process. I mean, this is where I expected us to be somewhat. I expected the results to fluctuate. You know, one week we're great, the following week we're not because Emery doesn't have his players, but his style and what he wants us to do is apparent to me. And this summer is going to be so crucial. You know, mm. but just trust the process. You know, what I mean, there's only one point. You know, between us and United, I'm I'm still confident we can reel Tottenham in. You know, so it's going to be a close they're, battle. They're, they're worrying me a little bit in the sense that even without their main man Kane, like the last time he went out injured, Son steps up to the plate. They don't have Ali. I'm hoping part of me type of wants them to get through further in the Champions League so they've got more distractions. Um, and then it's not just like league games uh, and they're more chance to get injuries and stuff like that. How fucking desperate is that? <laughs> it's kind of perfect, to be honest. I know. <laughs> Prediction League. Prediction league, since we're talking about pathetic. Uh, I predicted 4-0. I was that confident that we'd win 4-0. I got a point. 
Uh, Manny, you predicted 3-1. Uh, got close. Um, it was a point for you. Mike, um, Scotty Mike, that is, predicted correctly uh, 2-1 and has helped the Mikes out big time on uh, moving up the league. And Trev predicted 1-0, so he got a point. The running totals at the moment are, Manny, you're in the lead at 31. Uh, the Mikes have overtaken me and they're in 31 points. I'm 29 and the guests are catching up on 28. So it's, it's all quite tight. It's uh, only a, a result away probably from swinging it one way or the other. So um, we have no Premier League games until um, the 24th of February. Uh, so our Premier League duties are done. Uh, we've got no cup games next weekend. So our only game that we can discuss is the Bate Basaroff one, which is on a very romantic day for Johnny and for Trevor, who Fergus, have travelled. It's Borisov. Borisov. What did I say? Basaroff. Basaroff. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. I just had to. Like, if this is the second time you said it, I just, I, I want to strangle you right now. It's Borisov. Even, it, I've even pronounced it wrong in the, in the intro as well, so don't worry about that, which I pre-recorded. Basaroff. <laughs> yeah, Borisov. I've actually written it down as Borisov as well, so, you know, I don't mind. You've written it down as Borisov. Yeah, Borisov. I've taken it straight from the BBC website. Oh. So, and blame the BBC. managed to fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked up everything else. Um, so on Thursday evening, and it's at uh, 5 to 6 our time, uh, Trev is deserting his wife on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, he should be ashamed of himself, man. I know. That is... I can't imagine anybody else doing that. I mean, Fergus and Max, you guys are the married, you're the married folk here. Could you do that? Uh, I wouldn't have a pair of bollocks if I did. <laughs> yeah, they would be. They would be fucking removed. And put somewhere in a jar, never to be reopened. Yeah, I, it's going to cost me an expensive meal just to get to see the game at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. So, can you? I can just imagine what Trev's wife is going to do to him when he gets back. He should be ashamed of himself. Uh, diamonds, Trev po- diamonds, mate. He's going to have to buy them, and he's going to have to give them to her. Diamonds fix everything. Donna, Donna has become uh, in, it got into the Arsenal uh, now as well. And um, Donna, I don't know if you listen, Donna, but if you do, make him squirm, make him yes. work for it. Yeah, I know him and Johnny are in a strip bar right now. They just sent us pictures. <laughs> no, what? Well, you know what? I can I can just picture those two. You know, being what do you think that blonde away. one that's in the picture? I don't know, but, but I'll say this: I can I can definitely see those two being. Locked away in a room together with a bottle of sweet baby rays, barbecue sauce, and a cookbook. (laughs) 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 Have you got the munchies already, Manny? (laughs) No, but have you ever tried sweet baby rays? I I have not. Oh, bro, you need to get you a bottle of some like Amazon, wherever. It is some good shit, man. No, Costco. Chef, Chef Brown sauce. Fuck that. Sweet baby rays barbecue sauce. Take yourself to Costco, Fergus. Get yourself like a pack of six Sweet of them. Sweet baby rays. Yes. Yes. Right, okay. Oh, they do it in Sainsbury's. Oh yes, they do as well. Yes. Write it down. I'm, I'm, I'm Go down there. Your, I'm taking your advice here. Listen, message Bangles me when diet you get. Then, Steve. Mate, barbecue sauce is is a you know it's load of sugar. Oh fuck yeah. Right, we'll, get it for when you have a cheat March. day. Yeah, after cheat March. day. Cheat uh, day. Yeah, Max, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon, bro. Yes. So the I last time we, we, we met Batin <laughs> Borisov, 
Um, well, we beat them 2-1 and it was back in 2017. Rob Holding scored his first goal for Arsenal. Um, looking at the lineups uh, and the travelling squad, we have Leno, Czech, Elneny, Kolchelny, Kol- Mkhitaryan, <laughs> Lacazette, Torreira, Listeiner. Aubameyang. Uh, Listeiner Ma- is why you were going to pull me up at the start. Uh, uh, Maitland-Niles, Iwobi, Monreal, Mustafi, Suarez, Guendouzi, Kalasniak, Shaka, and Nketiah. What do we think? Don't Manny's read out. Happy. Don't 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 read out a, a full lineup. What do you make of the squad? The, the, the one thing that really stands out for me is no Mavropanos in, in that. That's mm. I did see. 25. I did see a tweet about why that might be. It's something to do with okay. having. It's something to do with having to get a certain amount of English players in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got nothing to do with squad anything. It's uh, as in him playing or not playing, and that was tweeted from a pretty reputable source as well. So it's to do with the homegrown quotas and all that yep. sort of stuff. Yep, a hundred percent. You need to be at the club for like two years, you know, before you're be able to get, before you're able to be drafted. In. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's only been there a year, and he's what twenty one now. You mm. know, so it's a stupid rule. It really is. Probably. Well, it was a rule that was introduced to try and protect. The likes of the Premier League had just been overflown with French and African players, um, and to help, uh, like the, the English squad, it hasn't helped. But it, that's what it's there for. That's what it's meant to try. And otherwise, you know, Rob Holding wouldn't get a chance, and some of the other players. But the argument, the opposite argument, is if they're good enough, then you know they'd play. And you push up the pri- the price of homegrown players because you have to pay more for one of them because you can put them in your quota of players. Who do you think is our, our, our key threat? Will Suarez play? Uh, you know, come on, boys. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure we're going to see Suarez start for a couple more weeks. Uh, I think you're mm-hmm. going to see him. I think you're going to see him fed in. You he, know, with half an hour to go. He mentioned he mentioned on um, I think Instagram about get uh, nice to get a few more minutes building up for my home debut. Um, or was that if yeah I I'm sure he mentioned that the other day so maybe he will start our next home game um I I'm 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 hoping to see uh Nketia start and I'm hoping to see Mkhitaryan start centrally but it, I think it depends how we line up I think you're better off going out there full full steam full squad like this is it for us now right the top four's a possibility Europa's a possibility Go get some goals. Put your best team out there. Put them to be attacking. I think yeah. Get get the wheels rolling. Get some momentum. Yep. I think yeah. Absolutely. Yep. We we need to after a performance like we just had at Huds. The worst thing that could happen is if we put out a bang average team, full of kids, disjointed. We go have another crap performance, and then we're into the Premier League again. So I say whatever the best eleven we can put out is go go hard at them for sixty minutes. If we can get a couple of goals up, pull people off and put kids on. Would you not start a little bit more conservatively then, and then just because we have got the return leg at our at our place, um, you know, we could start out and, and give a run out to Inketia and give a run out to some of those those other players. But if we get uh, a couple of away goals, we can we can back off at home and you know rest guys, and I think then the actual shorter lead game is the game after, and then we can go hard in the Premiership with a, another full strength squad. I, w- I would just put the best eleven out. That's my opinion. You well, know, we've got a week off of anyway year. afterwards, so yeah, yeah. Uh, score predictions, people. You got mine. Three 0 
You're going three nil. Yeah, I've got yours. Uh, guest. Do you want to take uh, this, Max? Yeah, uh, I I reckon it's going to be. Well, we're definitely going to concede. So let's go three one. Three one. Why do you have to be? What do you have to say <laughs> that for? Can you be a bit more of average? Law of averages, Manny. Law <laughs> of averages. And Sc- Scotty, on behalf, uh, Scotty, on behalf of the the mics, uh, has messaged me through. Uh, on his uh, 4G rather than his uh, Wi-Fi, um, he sent me through a three-nil. So Manny and Max are uh, sorry. Manny and Mike are on three-nil. I'm on two-nil, and the guests are on three-one. Um, Steve, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go four-nil. Four-nil. Mm. Okay. Well, make a note of that and let us know. The Arsenal ladies. Uh, they have uh, got us through to a cup final, the Conti Cup final. Um, on Thursday, last Thursday night, um, the 7th of Feb at Meta Park, it was on BT Sports. Medina's Brace uh, booked our place in the Women's uh, Continental League Cup final on Thursday. Uh, we ran out two, winner, two one winners against Man United, and she has scored 25 goals in all competi- competitions this season. Uh, we'll face Manchester City uh, in the final, which is on the 23rd of um, February. The game will take place at Bramall Lane, and it kicks off at 12.15 UK time. And I was on Arsenal's uh, website, and they're given an opportunity for every junior gunner to enter in if they want. Um, all junior gunners will be automatically entered into the mascot ballot. If you would like to be in with a chance of winning, you can still sign up for membership. So they're trying to sell memberships, but it's, it's for junior gunners. But the lucky winner will receive a full kit, uh, so you look your part, a complimentary coach travel from either the Emirates or South Mims, two match tickets for you and your mum or dad. Uh, the draw will take place on Friday at midday, so the lucky winners will be notified on Friday afternoon. Uh, so hopefully Joseph gets it, and I'll go and see the ladies. That would be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. So it's nice that they get the kids involved and do stuff like that. Mm. The next game in the league is on. Uh, it's away to Chelsea at King's Meadow on the seventeenth of two p.m. Uh, in the S. Uh, actually, uh, it's not in the league. It's in the SSE FA Cup. So that must be the FA, the the, the equivalent of the FA Cup and the ladies thing. Uh, excuse my ignorance. We're set to face Chelsea for the fifth round in the SSE Women's FA Cup on Sunday the 17th. We faced them in the final in the competition last year. And this time we'll be hoping to knock them out for a place in the quarterfinals. That's the ladies. Do us proud. Mm. Boys, talking about Chelsea... Did you see them get absolutely <laughs> annihilated? It's a beautiful thing. A very beautiful yeah, thing. Sarry in. Oh, yes. yes. Sarry in. Yes. Sarry in. <laughs> yes, keep him. Oh, we might change the title. <laughs> no, keep him. You know what? It couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of twats. It was wonderful. They are I enjoyed the, every single goal. They're on the verge of removing... Like that playing group, there is something broken inside that playing group where they can just down tools and just stop. I haven't seen a team down tools that much in a long time. It was amazing to watch. Oh, were they downing tools or were they just so fucking depressed that they couldn't go on? No, they were down in tools. Pogba was down in tools. And I, I, I was talking to somebody about the Sanchez um, uh, issue up there. And I think because Pogba has got the, you know, the bigger name... Uh, in the dressing room Sanchez is we know from our experience a, a disruptive guy and he doesn't like that he's probably been put in, put in his place and that's why he's only scored f- what five goals in over a year oh, four. 
Oh, pedal, go cry into your f- No, 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 he scored five because he scored against us, Manny. Yeah. Go sh- <laughs> Play with um, his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Fuck off. Forget all of that. All right, forget all of that. We're, we're, we're deviating from the topic at hand here. All right. Sarian. Morlin. Keep him there. <laughs> Definitely. Keep Definitely. him there. Every goal was an aphrodisiac, bro. Like, <laughs> it was amazing. City let us down. They didn't score an extra goal, did they? Yeah, I know, but now Chelsea fans and know exactly how it feels to be stuffed. And oh, were you guys offended by Carragher's comments? I didn't hear them. I was in the pub watching it. Steve. Um, well, I mean, what I did, think did he say what did he say exactly? He said something about now they feel like they're. He said, what it's Sarri's, like to be Sarri, yeah, Sarri's turning um, turning Chelsea into Arsenal." I, I mean, Carragher's a wanker, so I sort of didn't take too much from it. Um, but mm, he kind of has a point, but he kind of, you know, kind of doesn't. Max? I really want to use the band word. That's how mm. much I hate Stefan. That's how much I hate Carragher. But he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a proper Stefan. And I think it's a, I think it's a pretty horrible, nasty thing to say about a club that they're like Arsenal. You know, how are Chelsea like Arsenal? Tell me how they've got a, no history. A, Tell, tell me how a club without any history, who's owned by an oligarch, who have an unendable amount of money, whose players down tools and, and, and get there and force their managers out, how's that anything like anything? So, fuck off, Carrie. And, you're an and idiot. the most famous, the famous and strongest captain is the scum of all scums, JT. Mm-hmm. You know what no, I'm talking about. You. The thing is, like, I wasn't. To be fair, I don't. I don't. You know, if I could slap Carragher in the face, I would. Um, or but spit in it. Ugh, let's, let's, I think that's the most disrespectful <laughs> thing you can he, do. It's disgusting. He, he, he did it, didn't he? So it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. But you know, when he when he said that, I was like, well, to be honest with you, I've said a lot worse about you know our mentality going into big games over the years. I mean, just look at our record you know, away to the big sides. I wasn't that offended by it, to be honest. You know, our fan base is so sensitive. Like, it, it, come on, man, get over it. Jesus. But you're a fan. You have the right to say things about your own team. It's like beating your own children. If someone else beats your children, <laughs> it's not on. If you beat them, it's all right. So Yeah, but... <laughs> didn't do us what? any harm. No, no. I was, no. Say, I was saying this the other day. But, you know, Carragher can't just walk in to Arsenal and beat us for no reason, right? He's got no connection to the club other than he's a was a professional footballer and he's a pundit. So keep your bullshit comments to yourself and give your punditry on the game and the club you're talking about, you fuckwit. Mm. He's got no class anyway. Well, we go back to the Range Rover and the spitting situation and everything else. So. Yeah, I, wasn't, Ma- I wasn't offended by it, to be honest with you. It is what it is. At pundits, you know, aim at us all the time. We should be used to this by now. You know? yeah. Talking about Range Rovers, most Range Rovers come with sat-nav. Sat um, and uh, Man United sat-nav, all the players have had their maps updated and they've just taken Europe straight straight out of the sat-nav <laughs> after the... After <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was wondering where you were going with it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's not a the good reason, thing. The only, reason, the, the only reason I know that joke is it's been chucked at me so many times with my fucking Man United loving brothers about, ooh, where's your sat-nav? You don't need Europe anymore because we get dumped <laughs> out. So it was nice to spin the t- table a little bit. Realistically, United, we want Man U and Tottenham to go as far as possible. And to stay in for as long uh, as possible. I, I did say that about Tottenham, didn't I, a, earlier? Yeah. Uh, um, can they turn it around? No team has turned around a 2 0 deficit. It's PSG. If no, you're going to do it against anyone with history, 
of of, of folding leads than it's PSG. Yeah, they don't, who did he do it against last year? He's Bar- talking about the Barcelona result. The Barcelona, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it was not a four-one, and then yeah, it was just three-one-four-one, something like that, wasn't it? United are done. I mean, Martial got injured in the game. Lingard got injured in the game. Pogba got available. sent off. Yeah, they're done. Sanchez was appalling. Apparently, just terrible. Guna debate, boys. Summer transfer bu- budget. I think this is bollocks, uh, but it's been revealed as forty million. Um, calls for Emery to resign if it's true. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. Um, I think, you know, even if it is forty million, that's that's not going to account for any money we got coming in. So if we was to sell, uh, sell Ozil, if we were to sell Shaka, um, free up wages of Czech. Uh, obviously, Ozil's wages were going to be getting rid of Ramsey's wages, which isn't you know as much as what it could be. Um, I think I can see why people are saying that Emery should resign because he's got an uphill struggle with um, he's got an uphill struggle with you know being able to build the squad that he wants, so it's not fair on him. But you know he's on a bit he's on a decent wage anyway, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think I think Manny has <laughs> something Man, on this please. as well. Listen. I don't know how you know these these and it came from John Cross okay oh god <laughs> it came from John Cross now if you know your history right John Cross last summer said that Arteta was a done deal that Wilshere was going to sign a new contract that the 200 million pound war chest and and so on and so on this came from John Cross now He's the club don't even metro. know He's disgusting fuck him now the worst that can that um oh shit what was I going to say um, the club don't even know how much they're going to have available to spend. So how he came up with that figure is bullshit. That's one. Second of all, right? If we only have forty-five million, let's 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 go with that. It doesn't account for the commercial deals that are going to come into play. It doesn't account for the money from Europe. It doesn't account for the money that we're going to get from player sales. And the majority of transfers nowadays, who are you going to pay forty-five million pounds upfront for? The mm. Neymars, maybe. You know, the Pogba's maybe. But for the type of deals that we're looking to do, 45 million can get you two to three players because you don't have to pay the full, you know, the full fee right now. It's the same with Torreira. Torreira, we agreed 26 million, but in, in actuality, we may be paid between three to 10 million upfront for him. You mm-hmm. know, and the deal will carry on, you know, we'll pay it off in the next couple of years or so. So even if it is 45 million, we will be fine. But it's not 45 million. It came from John Cross. Don't believe that garbage from that little... Okay, I'm done. Yeah. And relax. <laughs> and relax. <laughs> plus wage return, boys. Plus yeah. wage return. Yeah. We're clearing yeah. a lot off the books. We're really trying as hard as we can to force the biggest the biggest stress on our books out of the club, which is Ozil. Welbeck's on his way. Check's done. Ramsey's gone. You know, there's, there is so much more wiggle room for Arsenal than what you think. And like Manny said, even if £45 million, £43 million is available, you do not pay for players up front anymore. You probably pay £9, £10 million for a £30 million player over three years. So it's not that much of a headache. For as far as people calling for Emery to be sacked, for fuck's sake, just no, I don't think people no, are saying for, not for a sacked that if he's not been supported, he mm. should fuck off. He should he should just hand his cards in. 
Look, yeah. I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I, yeah, do I. I don't. This is the job of a lifetime. I still think that Arsenal's a, a, Arsenal is a top club in the scheme of things. Not obviously where we are in the table. It's the job of a lifetime. We're in a rebuilding phase. The things that are being projected to us from the club, it's a very closed-door club at the moment. We don't really have a great amount of communication coming from the club. So we're sniffing around bullshit written by John Cross. Just everyone let's just relax and see what happens in the summer transfer window and then we can make our judgments after that mm. and they're, talk- they're talking about like clearing out players uh, that Ozil, Mkhitaryan, Iwobi, Shaq are all rumoured to be exiting in the summer who else w- who, uh, uh, and obviously you've got Welbeck, Czech uh, Ramsey would you add anybody else to that list? Or would you take anybody off that list Mik- and keep them? Mik- Mkhitaryan on, on, on his wages, you know, he's got to be looking at going. Everyone knows my sentiments towards Xhaka. He can mm-hmm. go. I'll drive him there. I don't care. <laughs> M- Mustafi's got to go. Uh, Koscielny's yes. got 18 months on his contract. We're not a retirement club anymore. He's got to go. Monreal, if he's on big wages, maybe he's got to go. He's out of contract. I know in the past I'd said sign him up and then move him on, but... You know, yes, we're looking at a clear out, but I've forgotten who was saying it. it. Might have been you, Manny, a couple of podcasts ago. We cannot do a Tottenham. No club ever does well when you move out six or eight and you bring in six or eight because you're forced to bring players in. You're not doing it in a logistic, strategic manner. Mm-hmm. So it might need to be eased out over the next two years, not all done in one great big dump. Well, in fairness, that's what has been happening. Over the last two seasons, there's nine players, with the exception of Ozil, is the only player that we signed on a new contract and extended their contract. There's nine players whose contract have expired either at the end of ne- this season or last. That's a travesty, bro. Mm. Add El Nenny to the list as well. Guys, useless. You know, uh, no, he's not. He's a good he's squad useless. player. He's no, a he's good not. squad player. I'm no, he's not. On this. <laughs> no, he's useless. Get rid. No, no, I'm not even listening to either one of you. He's useless. <laughs> well, you if never can, do. You never he, do. It's, yes, it's Manny's do. opinion or only your opinion. But you do oh, have another. Stop it. You, you have another opinion, which is your alter ego's opinion and their opinion, but not our opinion. No, Elnid is not good enough. He's not I, good enough. I don't think he's good enough to, to be in, in our main Premier League squad, but. You know, I th- I've said it before. Um, I mean, going back to that list, though, I would I would potentially keep Mkhitaryan for another season, um, and and mm-hmm. use him as one of those players to sort of gradually ease out over the next couple of years. Um, I wouldn't sell a Wobi, Jacker, Özil, Mustafi. I think all have to go in the summer. Um, but yeah, without any, I think unless we, I mean, there was some rumours, wasn't there, about Leicester and fifteen million. Unless a, unless an offer like that comes in, I think it's worth keeping him because he is that sort of player that if you're going up, you know, if we're going up with a bunch of kids to play in the Capital One Cup or whatever sponsor it is, and we're going up somewhere, you know, somewhere up north on a on a Tuesday night, then he's the sort of player that you want anchoring your midfield, and you let a couple of you know players like um, Willock and whoever, you know, those those sorts of players play in front of him and El Nenny will just sort of be there to sort of link up and, and have that bit of, you know, first team adult football experience. And he rarely puts a foot wrong. He rarely I agree. does anything I agree. special, but he rarely puts a foot wrong. I agree. I, I, listen, uh, he's not the best pair. He's not going to set the world on fire, but you sometimes need squad players and he is a perfect squad player. No, he isn't. He sucks. Get rid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> North London Derby. The uh, 
the Spurs <laughs> side will uh, the Spurs team will remain homeless to at least the second of March. And, and in my view, and I was speaking to some Spurs fans because where I am, there's lots around here. Um, but the, the they even think that they shouldn't be in their new stadium by the end of the season. We know what Johnny said about like there's a, a foundation plinth or something like that that hasn't um, been like they, they haven't poured it correctly, so they've got. To try and underpin it i went past the stadium two weeks ago and it's got more builders around it than the than the olympic park had um but yeah north london derby wembley second hmm. of march are you in the are you in the country max second of march i don't think i'm going to be no you don't think so no i don't think i'm going to be because there was an offer from mr hurl hello mr hurl it's a. Uh it's a long way to go and a lot of money for us at the moment, so I think we're probably going to end up missing this uh, this wedding that we meant to be over there for. Okay, okay, okay. Well, your tickets are safe then, Dave. <laughs> you have to try and flog them somewhere else. <laughs> um, I, I, you know what? I might even consider doing it, but I don't like Wembley. Don't like Wembley, but. We'll have a chat offline, Dave. Uh, Rambo, we've all heard about his 400 grand uh, a week contract. And people are going, wow. But he's, there's no signing on fee. It's an eighty million pound contract. If we, if you were to buy a player of his quality, okay, we know he's in and out and stuff like that. But in this modern game, if you were to buy a player of his quality, um, you would be paying between forty and fifty million pounds in the modern market. Add his wages onto that for four or five years, whatever it is. Eighty million pound contract is actually, it's it, it, it's not a bargain, but it's it's not expensive, is it? No, I, I mean to be. To be honest with you, I was more pissed about, you know, the fact that there's going to be a Frozen sequel, you know, than I was, you know, reading <laughs> about Ramsey's contract. Let it go. You know? Let it go. I was, I was so pissed because Frozen is such a terrible movie. I preferred Big Hero 6 myself. I still haven't know. seen Big Hero so 6. I'm a Wreck-It Ralph You need fan. to watch that. It's, it's a good movie. But then you've got, you know, Frozen 2 coming out and, you know, the Aladdin trailer as well. So those two things really pissed me off more than reading about Ramsey's contract. Like I said, I'm over this guy. Right, Max, did you have no. something did you have something sensible to add on, on the conversation? <laughs> I just think it's I just think it's gonna be very, very funny when he gets on this sort of wage, they're gonna be expecting him to play every single week. They're gonna be expecting him to play big minutes and his hamstrings are gonna go ping. The only reason why his hamstrings <laughs> haven't gone ping this year is because he's been played less. So when they realise that, yes, they picked up a guy of a certain age who should be in his prime, but he's got the hamstrings of a 60-year-old sprinter, then they're going to realise they completely overpaid and he's fucked. So, see you, Aaron. You were never going to get the money with us anyway. Warmer weather? Have you been to Turin? No. Dude, it gets cold (laughs) in those weathers, man. Most of the football season it'll be warmer, surely, no? Most of the football season's in winter. Sure, you know what? It's a farmers' league, you know, so he will fit in very well. But how do you guys listen? Um, listen, listen. It, it, on, as a bit of balance, yeah. one second on a bit of balance on that. I did like the way he acknowledged uh, Arsenal Football Club. He thanked them for the eleven years, and he. I, I thought his his uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook stuff. I thought was really respectful to the club and quite classy. Go on. Mm. Do you guys? Um, David Ornstein, you guys rate him, right? Yeah, uh, not as much as I did. I generally do, but he, he, you can't can't trust any of them. So, according to him, 
you know, he was on something called the Football Daily Podcast. These are his quotes. And I quote, he goes, there are a number of people within the game who I spoke to who say that Aaron Ramsey had no intention of signing the contract at Arsenal. He was always planning to leave on the Bosman free at the end of his existing deal. Despite making him one of AFC's five captains in preseason, Emery is said to have felt that Ramsey was not quite right for his for the, his vision of how he wanted Arsenal to play. Ramsey was initially played high up the pitch with his back to goal. He likes to play in the number eight position, run down to the ball. He feels that that's where he's at his best, whereas Emery doesn't really play with a number eight. So the way I see it is this, you know, apparently according to Ramsey, there was a contract on the table and he didn't sign it. I fully believe that was that probably from Gazidis. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, you know, I feel like him and his agent, you know, tried to, to string the club along. Um, I fully believe that they, he didn't have any intentions to sign the contract because according to him, it was agreed. But then, you know, nothing was signed. Nothing came out, whatever. The thing is, people, you know, writing eulogies as if Ramsey is this great beacon of, of hope and, you know, he's this hero, please. Out of the 11 years that he spent at our club, he only had half a good season. The majority of the time he was either injured or he was wasting away because he thinks that he's a lot better than he is. It's not a great loss to me. I know you guys, Fergus, you in particular, will miss, you know, and you're happy with his contribution. Me personally, I can't wait to see the back of him. See you later. And we move on. He did He did contribute to two of our FA Cups. So uh, for me... He's given a lot to the Arsenal history. Yes, I agree. He didn't play for 11 seasons. Um, he was a, a player for 11 seasons. He he did, we discussed it before on previous podcasts, he did dine out on his 2013-2014 sort of season when he was really good. He was very unfortunate and marred by injuries uh, to the broken leg from that person, Ryan Shawcross. Um and uh, you know, then he had other other things like his hamstrings and bits and pieces that that the Max touched on. Um, on the subject of injury news, our injuries. Aubameyang apparently is back in full training. Uh, Mesut Ozil is uh, in full training. Socrates is uh, back in training and ahead of schedule. Grant Shaka is back in training. Aaron Ramsey is um, being assessed if he can play. He will not be playing. I wouldn't have thought in the game. Did it? Did he travel? No, he didn't travel. Um, so um, he's he was being assessed ahead of the Bathroff game. So obviously they're saving him. Bellerin holding and Welbeck. We know what, 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 what's what's funny. He said Bathroff again. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Even, even uh, yeah, okay, don't worry. Even they've written it differently on the Arsenal website. I don't fucking. It's look. just a man who brought it up earlier on, and it. <laughs> Yeah, I've got yeah. it in my head as that. Yeah. Stefan. <laughs> Stephen, sorry. <laughs> coffee, is the coffee done then? Um, Coffee's done, mate. Coffee's done. The, the, sun's, yet? the sun's come out. No, mate, I don't usually start at 7.30 in the morning. Usually I wait until at least 7.45. <laughs> you should get yourself a Weatherspoons over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve can visit and sing a song all about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, it's been really good. I've enjoyed it again. Um, thank you for your input and your knowledge and your humour. Uh, I wonder how the lovers are getting on. They are going to crucify us, you know that. <laughs> it's minus one out there. In, uh, it was minus one at six o'clock in the evening. They're going to have to cuddle up tight, aren't they? Boys, you have been listening to uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, I'm Fergus. I was joined today by Big Steve, uh, Max and Manny. Thanks very much for listening. You're listening to an Arsenal podcast 
by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show and up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too. Thanks for listening.